0: Today on Citycast Chicago, it's that time of the year when Chicago's theater season really gets jumping. Chicago Reader theater and dance editor Carrie Reed previews some fall plays she's looking forward to and shares some other news from the theater scene. It's Wednesday, October fifth. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is Citycast Chicago. Carrie, welcome back to City CityCast Chicago.
1: Well, good to be back. Thank you, Jacoby.
0: But let's start with the plays that you're excited about this fall. And, and first up is the 20-sided tavern at Broadway Playhouse. Carrie, tell me a little bit about this. I've, I've seen some promo right. for it, uh, but this looks exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, Broadway in Chicago obviously is the big presenter of touring shows. And a lot of the stuff they're doing this fall is, you know, the old familiars, Lion King, Wicked just opened. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is going to be a little bit different. So if you love Dungeons & Dragons, this is definitely the show for you. Now, they're very careful to say it's not a live action Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sure there's all kinds of copyright issues and all that.
0: Right. But but this is choose your own adventure style.
1: It is, yeah, and it's and they have a, a it's not an app, but it's a, a browser. Yeah, you go to your browser. It's called Gameotics and it helps if you're in the audience you can help the actors to decide if you're going through that door or if you're going to talk to that person, just as you would make the choices in a tabletop role-playing game. And then also they do have some live interaction, but what they uh, explained was that this is a good show if you like being involved, but you're kind of afraid that you're, you don't want to get pulled up on stage. You know, you you got stage fright or you're always afraid that interact audience interaction means they're going to make fun of you or something like that. They did, they do emphasize that it I think it's okay for, like, older kids, you know, but it is in a tavern. So I think for people who are looking for something a little offbeat or maybe people who aren't normally big theater goers but are looking for something that's, you know... Uh a little more active for them this might be a good one to check yeah. out for the family so
0: how many different scenarios because i imagine you know with a board game with your imagination you can go a thousand different ways but if i'm coming for about two and a yeah. half hours <laughs> you know sit in my seat how many different you know, ways can that's this thing a good go question.
1: i'm not sure all i know is that they've said that no you know they always say this but no two shows will be the same so it really kind of depends mm. on you know, what, what happens, what they pick. There is a bit of an improvisational uh, element to it as well, from what I understand. A lot of the performers do come from an improv or sketch background. Um, and they're all big gaming geeks, but they also really emphasize that you don't have to be, you know, deep into, you know, role-playing game, you know, lore <laughs> or Dungeons & Dragons, you know, geekdom, to be able to enjoy this. They, they, they lay out the rules of the world and, and what you can expect when you go in. So even if you're a newbie, don't, don't be shy.
0: 20-sided Tavern opens at the Broadway Playhouse October 27th and runs through January 15th, 2023, two hours with an intermission. We'll drop a link for you in the show notes. Uh, Carrie, you're uh, you're also excited about the play The Locust yes. at Theater Wit. I went to The Wit recently and saw Fences. And what I love about The Wit is that up-close experience. You're sitting right there in some of these rooms, uh, leveled with the performers. Uh, so what is The Locust about? And why should people go and pick up some tickets?
1: The Locust is actually produced by Gift Theater, which has been in Jefferson Park. They're in the process of building out a new space, I understand, in Jefferson Park. So they're kind of itinerant for now. Um, But they've been, for years, one of the smallest and yet mightiest of of equity companies. The Locust, it sounds a little bit like Silence of the Lambs. There's an FBI agent, a female FBI agent, Ella, who returns to Vero Beach, her hometown in Florida, where she sort of has to confront... A family legacy of um, vi- family, you know, violence, toxic masculinity. Um, so it's kind of horror with a, you know, horror thriller with a social, you know, uh, social message. Kind of, you know, what we've uh, been seeing for quite some time now. Um, but I, I'm excited by this. I've not seen Jennifer Rumberger's work before. She's a local writer. Uh, apparently, the backstory on the Locusts is that she was reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein a few years ago. And got really caught up in the idea of how that story reflects some of the circumstances of Mary Shelley's own traumatic childhood. Uh, You know, she was her mother died young. You know, she didn't have the happiest of times, you know, before she married (laughs) before she married Shelley. Um, So I don't think it it directly references that. But that was sort of the jumping off point. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to be real interested to see how this goes.
0: And The Locust runs at Theatre Wit from October 20th to November 19th. Uh, Carrie, the final play you're recommending is Trouble in Mind at Timeline That's Theater. That's right. Uh, <laughs> what grabbed you about this show? You even rocked in your seat on that I, one. You I, was like, okay. <laughs> well, I've seen it before,
1: but Al, it's by Alice Childress, who may not be as well known as Lorraine Hansberry, although they were contemporaries. Um, Childress was one of the was a member of the American Negro Theater. She was friends with Sidney Poitier, who, of course, starred in Raisin in the Sun, both uh, Broadway and on film when Hansberry's uh, play took off. Uh, she wrote her first play and went on to be she has the distinction, I think, of being the first Black woman to have a play professionally produced in New York, but she never made it to Broadway until, until a revival of Trouble in Mind last year. Um, this is being produced by Timeline Theatre. It's a play from 1955, but it feels very, very of the moment. It's examining systemic racism behind the scenes in a Broadway production and, uh, you know, the the it it, it's very satirical, very sharp. Um, You know, the director is a white man who's very much caught up in white saviorism. (laughs) The star uh, in this production, uh, which is directed by longtime wonderful director Ron O.J. Parson, is uh, Shariba Rivers, who, who, like Sid Blakewell, is another one of those actors who maybe isn't a major you know, marquee name, but is always just a mark of you know a mark of excellence for me when I see her name pop up. She's starring as Willetta, who's a Hollywood star who kind of maybe in the tradition of so many you know black women in Hollywood has been stuck playing playing maids, playing domestics on film. So she's coming to do this this play. So it's kind of a behind the scenes play within a play.
0: I was gonna say that's a that's a common uh, like genre within theater, like this sort of meta commentary on on production, like well,
1: like. Theater people love to talk about themselves. (laughs) But in this case, I think Childress was really doing it with the intent of saying, okay, all of you liberal Broadway people who think you're, you know, so much better than everyone else, you've got your own microaggressions, you've got your own, you know, systemic racism, your own, you know, sort of inherent biases that you're not really comfortable being confronted with. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is a comedy, but a very sharp elbowed one.
0: So Trouble in My runs from November 2nd through December 18th at the timeline. And, and we'll drop a link in the show notes for that as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of shows that I'm excited for are 1919 from Eve Ewing and Jay Nicole Brooks at Steppenwolf. Uh, the Destinos Festival is still going on. And one of the shows that's uh, going to end soon is Enough to Let the Light In. That closes later this month. And then uh, Ricardo Gamboa's The Wizards mm-hmm. opens at APO Cultural Center in Pilsen. Uh, and then the Black Ensemble Theater's Blue Heaven by uh, Daryl Brooks. Um, what's the buzz around some of those? Well,
1: you know, it's interesting because I was just thinking about the connections maybe it has with the locusts. You know, Enough to Let the Light in, I have seen, and that's like a psychological thriller. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. two women, two lesbians who are in, become engaged. But one of the women has been hiding some secrets that have perhaps, I don't want to give spoilers, but, you know, that maybe are not just secrets that perhaps are not of this world and it's uh, it we never really learn is this actually something that's happening to her is it in her mind um but it's a beautifully done piece by paloma nazica again a world premiere for teatro vista and then similarly ricardo gamboya who's been writing for the shy and has been all over chicago and other places for many years yeah the wizards is kind of like uh, my understanding it's a kind of a ghost story that involves gentrification so you know i think a lot of this goes back to the idea of you know we've seen certainly on screen with Jordan Peele, the social commentary, racial commentary in the, in, in the guise of perhaps a, a genre type of uh, play, you know, horror, mm-hmm. or psychological thriller. So I'm real excited. I, I can definitely recommend enough to let the light in. Certainly excited about um, The Wizards, but the entire Destinos Festival this year, which is dedicated to the memory of Mirna Salazar, who was uh, one of the co-founders and she died suddenly in August.
0: Carrie, when we think about Chicago's theater scene right now, I know that there have been a lot of big changes, especially oh, yes. with places like, <laughs> like Victory Gardens. Can oh, you yeah. catch up on what's been happening there and other places?
1: Victory Gardens um, was one of the companies that made a change in leadership. Uh, they actually had a couple of changes in leadership after the pandemic. Last year, they had appointed Ken Matt Martin as their artistic director. Uh, Ken Matt had worked at the Goodman, you know, had worked various places around the country, and um, first black uh, leader at uh, Victory Gardens, although not the first person of color. It's unclear where the conflict really started. I'm hearing different things from different people and and the board in particular has not said a whole lot, but they decided to release Ken Martin from his uh, contract just a little over a year after he was in. Um, And uh, there was a big push of support from the artistic associates and playwrights who resigned in protest. The remaining staff members were trying to unionize. They were let go a few weeks ago. And um, the board has now said that they're not going to be a producing company. You know, For years, 40 years, or almost 50 years now, I think, Victory Gardens had been uh, known for its playwrights ensemble, for its emphasis on new work. And now they're saying that they're just going to be a presenting company. They're going to help other companies in. It, it's really sad that... Um, Victory Gardens, which has been such a, you know, a standard bearer for new work, not all of it by Chicago playwrights, but a lot of it from Chicago playwrights, um, is just not going to be doing that in the same way. But I have to say, I really thought there'd be a lot more theaters closing after the pandemic than we've seen. So in that sense, I feel like maybe we got off lucky. Um, I mean,
0: how is that post-pandemic recovery in Chicago scene? And and, and I guess in two ways, not only from a economics perspective but throughout the pandemic you, you you told me in our last conversation right there's an right. opportunity here coming back to to change what the 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 purpose maybe the right. face of, of chicago theater and the mission statement at a lot of places how, how has that gone in your eyes
1: you know i think i think it remains to be seen i mean there were another theater that closed a uh, house theater had also brought in a black leader lenise antoine shelley and after a couple of shows, they said, "Well, oh, we just don't have the money to keep running. And that's something that doesn't sit very well with me. Like if you, you know, to bring in somebody and then say, oh, we don't really have the money to support your vision. You know, you've given great fanfare to the idea that you're bringing in diverse leadership, new voices. But I think boards really need to decide that they're going to give some time to this new person to let that vision play out, to let things develop. Sort of anecdotally, what I've been reading across the country is that, or even, you know, in London or other places, is that you know, audiences can be down as much as 50% right now. Um, And I think that's, I don't know how much of that is people just got out of the habit. You know, they just got too comfortable sitting at home streaming during the pandemic or if people just aren't as comfortable going back. um, I will say in terms of what COVID uh, precautions that I'm seeing, not so much people asking or houses asking for proof of Vax, which was certainly when we first came back, something that was pretty, pro forma but most places will still ask you to max up which i don't have a problem with um we do want to protect these these performers <laughs> so this thing is not over and i think it's important to uh, emphasize that and i yeah. think that's part of maybe some of the uncertainty right now i will say overall it looks like just kind of at a glance to me it seems shows definitely you know to save money they're smaller cast um they're not some of the smaller companies are maybe where they would have run four or five weeks are now maybe doing three or four week runs i think um to save some money um so it's i'm gonna be curious to see how we get through the winter and what happens there
0: chicago readers theater and dance editor carrie reed thank you so much for stopping by city cash chicago thank you for having me really a pleasure before i let you go a little bit of news y'all Chicago's Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwoody says the city and Illinois are at low or medium risk for contracting COVID-19, but Arwoody did add we should all be prioritizing the flu vaccine as this could be the worst flu season in two years. You may see a Planned Parenthood RV rolling across the state soon as Planned Parenthood announced a mobile abortion clinic. Officials say it will provide on-site medical care and medicinal abortions once it opens and plans are to travel along the Illinois border as neighboring states increase restrictions. Head over to our daily newsletter in your inbox or at chicago.citycast.fm. We got some great spots for breakfast along this weekend's marathon route. And some good news to get you through. The Greater Chatham Initiative is hosting Food Truck Saturday from 1130 to 230 all October long. You can stop by at 79th Estate at Mahalia Jackson Court. As always, we appreciate you for reading and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Before I let you go, a little bit of news. Oh, we're not even close to the mic.